0: At a typical beach, you might spend some time shooing seagulls away from your bag of potato chips. But Boulders Beach near Cape Town, South Africa, is not a typical beach. Because there, it is a different kind of bird that will pay your beach towel a visit. Birds that can't fly, sound like donkeys, and look like they're wearing teeny little tuxedos. These beach birds are penguins?
1: You just have to sit somewhere quietly and the birds will come. But if you just sit quietly, they will literally come and start nibbling on your towel.
0: I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. And today, we're taking you to Simonstown, South Africa, where sunbathers and tourists mingle with penguins. That's after this. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. If you find yourself driving around Simonstown, South Africa, you want to keep an eye out for animals crossing
1: the road. Basically, you drive down towards the beach and you park, and probably by the time you've you've gotten out of your car, you've probably already seen a penguin kind of walk across the street.
0: This is Kara Ludinia, and she works with a seabird rehabilitation center nearby that's called Sandcob. And they have a team of seabird rangers whose job is, among many other things, to rescue penguins from inconvenient spots they find themselves in.
1: They get called every five minutes by people saying, like, sorry, there's a boot underneath my car. Can you please get it away?
0: Simonstown is on the western side of South Africa's Cape Peninsula. Cape Town is about an hour away. And this town, Simonstown, it's a small beach community, home to just about 6,000 people and a naval base. But its most famous residents are for sure the penguins.
1: There's obviously a lot of guest houses that advertise with the fact that there's penguins in their gardens,
0: Kata says that some locals have even installed special steps in their swimming pools to make sure that the penguins can get out safely, which is just an absolute delight. But the thing is, is it wasn't always like this in Simonstown. These penguins are native to this part of the world, but they didn't come to live in this particular town until the mid-1980s. And it started with just a couple of pairs who decided to breed on a small secluded beach nearby boulders beach the locals said hey this is great let's make this a protected area and we'll fence it in the penguins were like cool plan bruh
1: penguins are very easy to climb fences and find holes and whatever so they started to basically move into other areas so they've started populating people's gardens so now actually they're breeding in, in quite a large area
0: since the 80s a thriving tourism industry has popped up around these birds Kata says that people really love taking selfies with the penguins, no surprise. Though sometimes they don't give them enough personal space, and these selfie takers pay the price.
1: We sometimes laugh because obviously people know them from the movies and they're cute, and you know, everybody wants to touch a penguin, and then people stick their fingers through the fence and they get bitten. Um, so they are wild, they can bite.
0: When most people think of penguins, they tend to think of Antarctica, of ice and snow, not a place like coastal South Africa where the weather is essentially subtropical. But these penguins, they're different. They're African penguins, and they're a little smaller, they're around knee height, they're black and white, they've got a thin black strap across their chest, and there's another way to identify an African penguin. <laughs>
1: They do this donkey-like call, especially when they greet their partners. So the one partner stays with the eggs or chicks, and the other one goes out at sea, and they actually alternate, so it's mommy and daddy going out and feeding. And then when the partner comes back, they greet each other with these amazing calls.
0: That call is why these penguins used to have a more unflattering name. They were called jackass penguins, you know, because they sound like donkeys. But Kata says that individual birds have really different personalities. Some are aggressive, some are shy, but overall, they just tend to be pretty curious.
1: So if you work in colonies and you just leave your bag somewhere, often your notebook starts disappearing or your pencil gets carried away or you find your scale strap or something in one of the nests. Um, they carry things around, they're inquisitive, they want to come and check you out.
0: Which makes sense in a way, because the wild thing about Simonstown and the original nesting site, Boulders Beach, is that it's not a zoo or an aquarium. It was not created by humans. The penguins themselves chose this site and came here on their own in the 80s and maybe even picked out a spot near all these people on purpose.
1: And we actually think they basically chose these areas thanks to the villages or the towns around, because the towns around basically, they keep the predators away.
0: But just because these penguins seem to be absolutely everywhere doesn't mean that they're thriving. These penguins are actually threatened by humans, just not in the way you might think. African penguins didn't always live on the mainland. Most of their colonies were originally on islands off the coast. And some scientists estimate that there were once millions of African penguins living there.
1: We actually have relatively good data from, like, um, basically 1900, 1902, 1905. There's actually images of some of these colonies that we work in now. They're literally covered in penguins. Like, you can't see the ground. It's just penguins. We've had several people that went back to these colonies and basically found the same angle of the photo and took a photo now, and you literally don't see a bird in the picture.
0: In the mid-19th century, Two mini-industries popped up around the penguins. One was around their poop, or guano. Layers and layers of this poop, like many, many feet deep, would cover the colonies. And the penguins would actually dig their nest down in there and keep their eggs safe from the elements and predators, which is gross, but also, like, whatever nature, you know? Uh, So the thing is, this guano could also be used as fertilizer. And so people started harvesting penguin poop to sell. Guano scraping became a big business. And then there was another business that was maybe even worse for the penguins. It was all about their eggs. The penguin eggs were once considered a culinary delicacy and typically boiled and eaten on toast. The whites supposedly always stayed a little blue and tasted slightly fishy. Both of these practices, guano scraping and egg harvesting, were outlawed in the late 1960s, But the penguins still face threats today. They're just different ones.
1: The penguins are really, really struggling to to find sufficient food, and that is why why we actually see these dramatic declines in the in the penguin population.
0: African penguins have very, very specific diets. They eat anchovies, they eat sardines. Two fish that also happen to be prized by South Africa's commercial fishing industry. And there's another Enormous looming problem, which is of course climate change.
1: We have more frequent heat waves. We have more days in a year where it just gets too hot for the birds and they abandon the eggs. Uh, We also have more severe winter storms. So we have storms that, you know, with higher swells, uh, higher waves that wash over certain parts of the colonies and the eggs and chicks drown. But then climate change is also probably. Um, partly responsible for some of these changes in food distribution because the currents are changing and the fish is just moving to different areas that are not reachable for the penguins.
0: Food and climate pressures have taken a huge toll on the African penguin. Their numbers are decreasing, and they're decreasing fast. According to a recent census, there are about thirty to 40,000 penguins left in the wild in South Africa. And that's compared to the millions that researchers think used to live there.
1: The latest census this year is the the historic lowest number ever recorded. But we, we keep this record every year since the last, I don't know how many years. So next year we will have the next historic lowest number.
0: Kata says that if nothing is done, it is highly likely that in 20 to 30 years, these birds will completely disappear.
1: There are a few things that, that could, I wouldn't say easily be done, but that can be done.
0: Kata says that a main goal for conservationists is to work with the commercial fishing industry to encourage more sustainable practices and to restrict fishing around penguin colonies, at least for certain times of the year. Another piece of the puzzle is where that fish goes once it's caught. In South Africa, most anchovies are processed into fish meal, which is like a ground up fish powder. And that fish meal is then used in animal feed for farmed seafood, for pigs, chicken, and other livestock. And yeah, then these all end up back on our plates.
1: A lot of that goes into agriculture, into into cattle farming and animal farming, aquaculture. So the burger you eat less in the States might be saving an African penguin.
0: After all this, you might be thinking you know humans seem to have been pretty unkind to these penguins and now we're we're going and you know using them as instagram backdrops
1: but but then on the other hand we obviously really really encourage people to go and and see these birds because it is so special to you know that there's only basically two sites in the world basically that you can easily see african penguins in the wild and it is obviously a, a huge income for the local communities
0: Cata says that when tourists come to see the penguins or the other local wildlife, like whales and sharks, they generate a lot of income through park fees, hotels, bed and breakfasts, tour guides, and that economic boost helps conservationists make the argument that it's really, really important to protect
1: these birds. And that's actually something that we've been using in kind of our our fight or discussions with the fishing industry, because the fishing industry obviously good reasons, comes with, you know, if if we can't fish, then so and so many families will lose their income. Um, there will be so many jobs lost. But our argument is, well, if the African penguin goes extinct, there's at least as many families that will lose their jobs. Although we obviously sometimes have a little bit of our concerns about the number of people streaming down to boulders, it is, in a sense, good for the species because we can show how important they are for the economy.
0: There is an entrance fee to the colony at Boulders Beach, which you should pay because it will help uh, support them. But you can also hang out for free in Simonstown and, you know, penguins might wander up to you anyway. Uh, SANCOB, that's S-A-N-C-C-O-B, also maintains a facility that's open to the public where you can see their rehabilitation work in action. And, you know, you can take that selfie with that penguin. Just give them their space. Special thanks to Kataludinia for telling us all about the African penguins in Simonstown. Our podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. This episode was produced by
1: Amanda McGowan.
0: The production team includes... Doug Baldinger. Chris Naka. Camille Stanley. Willis
1: Ryder Arnold. Sarah Wyman. Manolo Morales. McKenna Smith. Gianna Palmer. Tracy Samuelson.
0: John Delore. Peter Clowney.
1: Annie Hubank. Guinevere Govea.
0: Our technical director is Casey Holford. This episode was mixed by Luce Fleming. And our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tindall. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. I will see you next time. Witness Docs from Stitcher. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside,
1: I'm Lale Arakoglu, host of Women Who Travel. Women Who Travel is a transported podcast for anyone curious about the world. We talk to adventurers and athletes. I've raced the God's Own Adventure Race, which is on the South Island and goes through the mountains down in the Southern Alps on New Zealand. That was eight days spent out in the wilderness. And chefs. Iranian food is home, it's family, it's love. And we share dispatches from our listeners. Ireland is full of these, I will call them ghosts of the past. From stampeding elephants to training sled dogs, we hear it all. The dogs will curl right up with you and it can be kind of cozy waiting things out. New episodes of Women Who Travel publish every Thursday. Join us wherever you listen.